I know you don't like me to go there, but I'm going anyway. <laughs> I'm just joshing. I hope that's not foolish suggestion. <laughs> I'm going to read. Boy, I hate to slide any of this. Well, chapter, actually I'm going to be in chapter 11, but I'm going to start reading in chapter 10. Because I don't want to, like I said, I don't want to slide into this. I'd like to read the whole thing, but i got to think about time. I'm sorry. <clears throat> Verse 8, chapter 10. But what saith it? The word is nigh or near thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. Charles Spurgeon says to that, the word is near thee, even in thy mouth. He said, swallow. Uh, that is the word of faith which we preach. Amen. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Do you all believe that that's for men and women alike? How many believe it's not for women? How many believe it is for women as well as men? How come it is most Baptists, independent Baptists, have never heard a woman confess Jesus Christ the Lord? Because some Baptist preachers, oh, you can't do it. We can't run an end run around the Word of God. Anyway, if your doctrine contradicts the word of God, your doctrine's not of God. Okay. Verse 10, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, whosoever, now that's, we are whosoever, willers, we are. And here's the whosoever. Whosoever believeth, not whosoever not believes, Whosoever believes on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the heathen, the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For, for whosoever, you know that Berkeley University out in California? Do you know they've got a building out there that's got a sign up there, no Jews allowed? These are your liberal Democrats. They're all on the same side. No Jews allowed? Well, if a Jew wants to come in here and listen to the word of God, I'm glad to have them. Anybody wants to come in here and listen to the word of God... I, I'm glad to have them. Now I don't want to come in here and try and take over. And I didn't say joining the church. That's a big difference. To join the church, you've got to be qualified. You've got to be saved. It's got to be obvious that you're saved. And you've got to submit to scriptural baptism. Amen. But anybody else, they want to come in and sit and listen to the word of God. Even excluded members can. 
Glad to have them come and listen to the word of God. Amen? Amen. All right. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And there's a whosoever I believe in. And that, what he's talking about is Gentiles as well as Jews. How then shall they call on him in whom they've not heard? No, not believe. And how shall they believe in him of whom they've not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Oh, well, let's just have a bunch of singing. A proclaimer. Kerouks. Like a town crier. Check my words out. See if I'm not right on that. And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But have they not all obeyed, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah, that's Esaias, if you were reading the Greek. Isaiah, we're reading English. Saith, Lord, who hath believed our report? You go back to Isaiah 50. 53, and that's how he starts out chapter 53. Who has believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? That might that is Jesus Christ. Amen. He's the right arm of God. Amen. Revealed is what it said. <laughs> so then, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Well, let's just have a gospel sing. People might get saved. Not without the hearing of the gospel. Amen. And I don't know many songs, popular gospel so-called songs, that actually present the gospel. I'm not trying to be a killjoy, but I know I am. I'm not throwing, trying to rain on your parade, but I know I am. But I say, what well, a wait a minute. I was going to, I'll forget to do this. Look at 1 Thessalonians 1. Verse 5, well, verse 4. Knowing, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 4. Knowing, brethren, beloved, your election of God. Election and choosing are the same word. For or because. In the Greek, that would be a hina, purpose clause. Because our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost, and in much assurance as you know what manner of men we were among you for your sake. In power in the Holy Ghost. That's what Brother Brown said in his lesson. 
the fact that Jesus Christ died on the cross, according to Scripture, actually died and was buried and remained in the tomb 72 hours, and then he arose according to Scripture. That's not a story. That is the historical account of the work of redemption of Jesus Christ, and it was finished on the cross, and then when he arose, it was for our justification. Amen. Now, there's no way all the Dr. Hall jaws put together can deny that. They can't, they'll deny it, but they can't prove that it's wrong. That is the God's truth. The truth of God. But just knowing that won't save anybody. God said repent and believe the gospel and thou shalt be saved. Amen. Now go back to Romans. Now see I would have missed that. Alright and then he says verse 18. But I say, have they not heard? Yes, truly, verily is truly. Their sound. Went into all the earth. <laughs> so, well, we've never had this time before we can send all on email. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> God sent it to all the earth. And their words unto the ends of the world. Look at Psalm 19 real quick. I'd like to say real quick to you, that puts it all on you, not on me. It ain't me taking them all the time, they're all so slow. Uh, <laughs> Psalm 19. I'm just funning with you. Psalm 19, verse 1. They said, Their sound went into all the earth unto the ends of the world, the age. The heavens declare. <laughs> There's the sound, the glory of God. Look up! And the firmament Shows his handiwork. The stars and the planets and the uh, all of that big bunch of stuff and all that's up there that they're blaming, that they're attributing it now to Hubble and to James Webb and their invention of a telescope. Look what they've discovered. No, no, look what God created. Amen. Day unto day uttereth speech. Can you see anything today? Well, yeah. Sometimes you see that moon in the daytime. And you about always see the sun. If you don't see that, you see the sky. You see the clouds. Day unto day uttereth speech. What are they saying? Behold the glory of God. Amen. Night unto night showeth knowledge. Oh, oh, when you get away from all the city lights. And you look up into the, a clear night. And you see the stars. And then you've got to realize how far you are away from them. The nearest one is 23 so-called 
a trillion light years away. That's where uh, Alpha, what's it called? Yeah. Night unto night showeth knowledge. We better get that all translated. No, way it's already been translated. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. You can't invent a language that, had, that doesn't hear and see this language. <laughs> their line, well, what's line mean? Now back, well, I don't know, anybody ever hear Jimmy Rogers of Mississippi Blue Yodler? Anybody ever hear him? He's actually the, the founder of country music, Mississippi Blue Yodler. He says, I walked up to the brakeman, talked about in the, in the Depression, in the 20s, and I gave him a line of talk. <laughs> That's how they used to refer to that. Somebody got something they got to say or spill, it's a line. It's words, it's a flow of words. Their line, that's whose words? The words of God's creation is gone out through all the earth and their words to the end of the world in them hath he set a tabernacle for the son which is as a bridegroom coming out of his chamber and rejoices this strong man to run a race. What a description of the son. Look at it every morning. Now I don't like to be I don't like to be heading east in the morning. And I don't like to be heading west in the evening. Seem like every time I'm going east it's in the morning and I'm going west it's in the afternoon. But I don't want to gripe about the sun. Look what he says. He said as a bridegroom coming out of his chamber. His going forth is from the end of the heaven. And I don't know where that is. And his circuit unto the ends of it. And there is nothing hid from the heat thereof. <laughs> now, now, what did he say over here in verse 18 of chapter 10 of Romans? But I say, have they not heard? <laughs> Yea, verily their sound went unto all the into all the earth, and their words unto the ends of the world. <coughs> but I say, did not Israel know? First Moses saith, I will provoke you to jealousy by them that are no people. That's us. And by a foolish nation, that's us. I will anger you. But Isaiah is very bold. <laughs> oh, we don't need our preachers to be that bold. They just hurt feelings and offend people. Isaiah is very bold. And saith, I was found of them that sought me not. I was made manifest unto them that asked not after me. But to Israel he saith all day long have I stretched forth 
my hands unto a disobedient and gainsaying people. He's talking about Israel there. And that's true. Say, well, is, uh, is Israel thwarting the will of God by their free will? That's how most of them preach that, teach that. That lost people, they have the ability and the power to thwart the will of God because God's will is that they'll all be saved and they won't let him save them. That's what they say. Now, I don't know who wrote this, but I would have if I thought of it. Free will slash works religion makes the eternal God a pathetic failure. Preachers everywhere tell us that God is trying to save multitudes who are not saved. They tell us that God wants to do many things for us and with us that we will not let him do. We are told that Christ died for all the people of the world in an attempt to redeem and save all men, but that all are not saved. Modern religion tells us that God the Holy Spirit calls all men alike to Christ, but some men resist the power of his grace. I thought that's pretty good statements. Now let's go back to Isaiah. Chapter 11. I say then, hath God cast away his people, Israel? We have Baptists that say that he did in 70 AD. Paul says, God forbid that who may let it not be. For I also am an Israelite of the seed of Abraham of the tribe of Benjamin. There was a Jew talking to you, writing to us. And he is a distinguished follower, disciple of Jesus Christ. God hath not cast away his people which he foreknew. What ye not, or know ye not, what the scripture saith of Elijah, how he maketh intercession to God against Israel, saying, Lord, they have killed thy prophets, and dig down thine altars, and I am left alone, and they seek my life. Now this is a man of God, Elijah, who had a great time on Mount Carmel, when he called down the fire from heaven according to the will of God and he saw God display himself on Mount Carmel and then he went after the prophets of Baal wasn't it about a thousand of them total and then immediately he had a he had a down Downfall. Great display, great display of power from God. 
And he was on the winning side. And it didn't take him any time till he heard that, Je- that Jezebel, that wicked woman, was done put a hit out on him. Was, and he runs from her, scared to death, and ends up lodged in a cave. And he says, I, even I, am the only one left, Lord. Now, have you ever felt that way? I know some of us have. <coughs> but he says, verse 4, But what saith the answer of God unto him? I have reserved to myself. You mean God actually Chose some people. (laughs) I've reserved to myself 7,000 men. I don't know whether it's always 7,000 or not. But I know God's always got at least 7,000. It could be 7 million. But he's he's got some left that he has reserved to himself, and when did he reserve them before the foundation of the world? Amen. And these have not bowed the knee to the image of Baal. Now, let me tell you what it may not matter much for many people, even many Baptist preachers, but it amounts to a whole lot for people professing to be servants of God that still bow the knee to Baal to false gods I'm right on what I just said it may offend some but it'll have to but he says in verse 5 even so then at this present time also there is a remnant according to the election of grace what is that? How dare you speak those words? I've been in a so-called Baptist college and I was warned before I went in there that I, I better not be heard saying the word predestination or election. This is down Chattanooga. Temple. Tennessee Temple. Now, I hope they're not like that now, but they were when I went down there. I didn't go there to see them. We passed by there, and the preacher I was with had gone to school there, and he wanted to go see somebody. We'd been to Atlanta to a conference, and we came back, and he wanted to stop there, and he warned me, don't you say that in there because you're not allowed to mention those words in those halls. If I had a chance to preach there, if I didn't preach on this, I would be a coward. I would be compromising the word of God. If I went to a Campbellite church and preached anything but scriptural baptism, I would be a coward. The election of grace. Israel hath not obtained it, but the election of grace hath obtained it. And what did where was that election of grace? In the remnant. That's a little end piece off of the bolt of cloth. (laughs) And if by grace. That's not asking you if it's by grace. 
It's telling you, rhetorically speaking, you don't need an answer. You know good and well it's by grace. Then is it no more of works? And there's only two ways of salvation. By works or by grace. By man's way or by God's way. Otherwise, grace is no more grace. But if it be of works, then is it no more grace? If it's got any part or parcel of works, it's no more of grace. Otherwise, work is no more work. What then? Israel hath not obtained that which he seeketh for. 1 Corinthians, the first chapter, he said, By wisdom they found not God. He said, Israel hath not obtained it, of that which he seeketh for, but the election hath obtained it, and the rest were blinded. And it just absolutely cocks my pistol. To hear these preachers and commentaries say God let them alone because they were blinded on their own. I think that's a verb, isn't it? They were blinded. Actually, that word is used about eight times in the New Testament. And all but this occasion, it's all said hardened. And that's what he said back in Romans 9. He hardened Pharaoh's heart. Now that's, that's a verb. You know, y'all remember from school, verbs are action words. If it's a verb, there's some action taking place. Now it can be active or passive. Then there's a middle voice. It can be either acted by you or you acted upon or the action itself. Well, God acted on this. Who hardened Pharaoh's heart? God did. You don't do any favor to the word of God. Or to people trying to understand the word of God. When you lie about what the Bible says. And it couldn't be any plainer. And it says the election hath obtained it. Where did the election of grace come from? God Almighty. And who hardened or blinded the rest? All of the non-elect. God did it all. Well, I was going to ask you questions. Uh, What then, Israel, hath not obtained that which he seeketh for? God seeking for what? Well, I think he... Sought for a people who have submitted unto the righteousness of Christ. Look over at 
chapter 10, verse 1, he says, Brethren, my heart's... That same man writing all this. And this is all one, one letter. It's not just bits and pieces. It all goes together. He says, my bre- Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God. And that could be good, a zeal of God, but the trouble of it here, it's not according to knowledge. Ignorant zeal doesn't help many people do many things. Matter of fact, you get them in trouble. Ignorant zeal will. That's got to be restrained, that zeal. Because verse 3, they being ignorant of God's righteousness. And because they are ignorant of God's righteousness... See, if we was all knowledgeable about God's righteousness, it would dawn on us, we can't do anything with we can't do anything about it. That's God's righteousness, and we're not capable of uh, attaining to that righteousness. That righteousness is perfect righteousness. And with reference to lost men, that's righteousness that was obtained by the law, under the law of God. That's why I always insist on, when I talk about the righteousness of Christ, I want the word earned righteousness to be put in there. And you won't hear that many places in this world. They, a matter of fact, they let you assume that the righteousness that you've got to have is just the holiness of God peeled off to you. And that's the, that's the implication there because they don't state the thing correctly. And of course the Bible says we need to speak as of the oracles of God. We need to speak so that our words enhance the doctrines of the word of God, not detract from them. And you just talk about righteousness, and most preachers do this, they never explain it if they even know it, that that righteousness is not the holiness of God. It is the earned righteousness of Jesus Christ, the Son of Man. The perfect man who earned perfect righteousness under the Ten Commandments. You see, that's the only kind of righteousness we can have that'll get us to heaven. That's the only kind we can have. You can't have yours because you don't have any. Anyway, being ignorant of God's righteousness. God demands perfect righteousness under his law. Adam didn't get it. Adam had the free will. Nothing stopped Adam from obeying God. Why did he? I have no idea. I do believe this, that if any of us had been in Adam's shoes, we'd have done the same thing. And I don't know why. God did not force Adam to sin. When Adam sinned, he sinned all his own. Just like when you sin and I sin, 
We sin all along. You can't even blame the devil for it. Old Geraldine used to say, the devil made me do it. No, the devil didn't make you do it. The devil is the tempter. That's why his name is Satan, Satanas, because he is the tempter. Satan tempts, but when lust is conceived, it brings forth death. Now, ignorant of God's righteousness, therefore they go about to establish their own righteousness. That's the only way that a human, that a fallen human being, and they're all fallen unless they've been born again, that they could go about, now everybody doesn't do this, Only those involved in religion do this. People that are atheists, agnostics, they just say, I have nothing to do with it. They don't exactly do this. Now, if you put back them into a corner, they might say, well, I'm not all that bad. But why would a sinful human being try to establish his or her righteousness when you know good and well You've got nothing that you own except the, the guilt and the condemnation of your own sinfulness. Amen. Why in the world would you try to do something that you couldn't do? It's not possible for you to do. Somebody says, oh, you're American. You can do anything you want to do. Oh, I don't believe that. Would you all want to fly on my 747? With me piloting? <laughs> I wouldn't. <laughs> I'd let you fly on. I wouldn't go. I'd get somebody else to drive it. You can't do anything you want to do. Like old Jethro Bodine. He's either going to be a truck driver or a brain surgeon. <laughs> you can't just do anything you want to do. And let me tell you that a lost sinner, a hell-bound, hell-deserving Law center cannot establish his own righteousness. He doesn't have any, nor does he even know what it is. All right. So, going about to establish their own righteousness. And of course, they have not submitted unto themselves unto the righteousness of God. Now, what is the righteousness of God that one can submit himself to? For Christ is the end of the law, the fulfillment of the law, one through ten. For righteousness to every one that believeth. There's appropriating what Brother Brown talked about, appropriating exactly what Christ did. You see, not only Do we have to have a Savior to pay the penalty for our sins? We've got to have perfect righteousness ascribed to us to go to heaven. For Moses describeth the righteousness which is of the law that the man which doeth those things shall live by them. But the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise. Say not in thine heart who shall ascend into heaven. 
That is to bring Christ down from above. I don't have to do that. I can't do that. Nor do I need to do that because he's already come down from heaven. He's already earned perfect righteousness. He's already paid all of the sin debt for all of the sins of all of his people. Is this good news? Now I'm preaching the good news of the gospel. Evangelizestai. That's the Greek for that. Or who shall descend into the deep? That is to bring up Christ again from the dead. Why? You can't go down there and bring Christ up again from the dead. He's already here. He's already up. He's already resurrected. He's not here. He's already ascended to the right hand of the Father. So, what saith it? The word is near thee. Even in thy mouth and in thy heart, that is the word of faith which we preach. Proclaim it. Didn't say anything about singing it. Preach it. Anyway, so who is God seeking after? Uh, A people who have submitted to the righteousness of God. Well, to a people who have believed on his son. Thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. He's seeking a people who've submitted to the righteousness of God. He submitted, he's uh, looking for a people, seeking a people who have believed on his son. This is my beloved son. Hear ye him. This is my, this is my beloved son. Hearken unto the son. He's seeking a people who have confessed with their mouths the Lord Jesus. That's why Baptists only supposed to receive saved people into the congregation of a church. He's seeking a people who have believed in their heart that God hath raised Jesus from the dead. Then I, I see these people call themselves theologians call themselves reverend reverend doctor (laughs) and they bring up questions well we're not sure Christ actually died we think he he just swooned they use that terminology that he suffered so much pain he just swooned he didn't really die, die, and when they put him into the tomb, you see, it's cool in there. And the cool air revived him. Oh, I can, I can take you to the books. I can take you, I was telling somebody the other day, that, that book uh, by Albert Schweitzer, A Psychiatric Study of Jesus. He's supposed to have been a great Christian doctor. Went to Africa. 
I've had Southern Baptist classes that praised him. He wrote a book, A Psychiatric Study of Jesus. In that book, he said, Jesus was a paranoid schizophrenic. And one thing he brought up as an example of it, when he cursed a fig tree. Now, can you imagine a grown man cursing a fig tree? This is supposed to be a Christian. Oh, that hardly sounds like a follower of Jesus Christ. It sounds to me like a hater of Jesus Christ. Anyway, so God's seeking after those who have submitted to the rights of God, a people that have believed on his son, a people who have confessed with their mouths the Lord Jesus, a people who have believed in their heart that God has raised him from the dead. Not spiritually, physically, with a spiritual body. That's not contradiction. We were raised with a spiritual body, whatever that is. Because we know that, that, that he, was, he rose physically, but yet he appeared in the upper room. And the door was shut. There wasn't no windows in it. How would he get in there? Well, certainly the, the uh, matter of the door and the walls didn't stop him. He, he's right there. That's a spiritual body. But now was it a body? Yeah, didn't he tell Thomas? Put your hands in there. Touch the side, the hands. And he also ate, didn't he? Fish? Bread? I think honey? So you want to eat in heaven? Yeah. I think we want to eat some bread and fish. I love both of them. And honey? That's all right. I'll be glad to eat those. I don't think I'll get tired of them. I don't think it'll be fried fish. I think it's broiled. I think that's what he did. But anyway, I mean, he may let us have some pride every now and then. I don't know. But he's seeking a people who are not ashamed of him. Isn't that what we read in Romans 10 there? Yeah. He's seeking a people like that. Man, one, two, three, four, five. Lord, where are you going to find all this? He's seeking the people who have called on the Lord in faith. Whosoever shall call on the Lord or the name of the Lord shall be saved. There's six items there. We got them all out of Romans 10. A people that have submitted to the righteousness of God, have believed on His Son, have confessed with their mouths, the Lord Jesus have believed in their heart. God has raised him from the dead. Have not, not, have not been ashamed. And have called on the Lord in faith. Lord, where in the world are you going to find those people? Oh. Verse 7 of chapter 11 brings us back to our text. What then? Israel hath not obtained. Well, the Jewish nation did not bring it. 
the heathen nations didn't bring it. So Lord, you've given us a task that we really can't accomplish. We use all the tools that you've given us, which are preach the gospel to every creature. Those are basically the tools he's given us. Cast the word. Cast the net. That's the only tools he's given us. So what now if Dr. Hogjaws give a class give a class in the seminary about, about how to get people down the aisle? We heard one other day trying to get them down the aisle. You'd know him if I said who he was. Israel has not obtained it. Neither the Gentile nations can obtain that. That is an impossible task that the Lord has given us. Now, I'm not saying don't do it. We better do it. Why do we go? Because he said to go. Why do we do? Because he said to do. Why do we limit to what he said to do with? Because we know we can't go beyond. David was a good man in many respects. Man after God's own heart. And he loved the tabernacle. He loved the furnishings of God. He loved the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Testimony. And he didn't like the Philistines having it. And as soon as he got able to, he built a new cart and had them bring it back to him. Only King Dave, where'd you get the blueprints for that cart? Where'd you get the instructions for that cart? Oh, well, it's not an old one. It's a brand new one. I just built it. The best cart ever made. But that's not what God told you to do. You already had the instructions from Moses. How that ark, the ark of the covenant, is to be transported by the staves, the solid gold covered staves. With the blue cloth over it. And the priests are to bear it upon their shoulders. Yeah but I was in a hurry to get it done. King Dave. Doing a good thing the wrong way. Does not help you. Matter of fact you're going to get somebody killed over that. A fellow by the name of Uzzah. He had nothing to do with that. But that Ark of the Covenant is on that new cart and it rolls over a stone and it looks like the ark is going to fall off of that cart and Uzzah put his hand out to stop it from falling well that was a good thing well no God's already told you you must not come about it you must not touch it King Dave you ought not to put it on no cart you knew better than that and Uzzah you knew better than to touch it so what it would have fallen. You've got to leave that to the Lord. 
You got you interjected yourself into something that didn't belong to you. And got yourself killed under the wrath of God. So we've got our tools for operation. Now I know Dr. Hogjaws and all of the big 20,000 member churches and all that. They've got all their ways of doing. But it ain't God's way of doing. Of his own will begat he us with the word of truth. And when somebody comes... It won't be because of your efforts or my efforts. It will be because the gospel came to them in the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And will have worked a work of grace in them. And worked repentance and faith in them. Something we read this morning. I think Brother Tim read it. Yeah. And it indicated truly that repentance is a change of mind. Preacher, all I just, that means change of mind, but turn from your sin. It does not mean that. Repent means to have another mind. And that is evangelical repentance. Now, you're guilty of something, an individual sin. You can repent of that sin. But that's not what he tells lost people to do. He says you must repent. That you have another mind towards God. And you take God's sides with God against yourself. That you're not only, you're not only guilty of sins. That's because you are a sinner and everything about you is against God. And that's what you are to repent of and have another mind. You take sides with God against yourself and then you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. The election of grace has and will continue to have to seek and to find what God is looking for. God help us to be faithful. Let's stand.